When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It is time for some J&J on the Wrestling Inc. podcast as we talk AEW Dynamite, plus all the top news in the world of professional wrestling, sports entertainment. Hope everybody's doing good wherever you're at here in the U.S. or around the world, much like my co-host tonight, who's, of course, north of the border in Toronto. He is the former sports entertainment WWE referee for over 20 years. He ran the road doing that. Crazy story. Mm-hmm. He's got a book about it. I suggest you check that out as well. He is the one, the only Mr. Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, buddy. Glad to have you back. And oh my God, we're back again. And he and he sings Backstreet Boys. I mean, what a re- hey, well-rounded hey, ref. Hey, you know what? A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. <laughs> <laughs> how you how you holding up? Uh, I mean, you you like me, we are our, our hockey dreams are once again done for a yeah. season. Oh my goodness. It, it, it is so disappointing because like i've mentioned before as one of the few people who was still alive the last time the maple leafs won the cup it was uh, yes i get it they were facing tampa bay you know the defending champs and blah 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 but at the same time uh after they get eliminated they say that they're not going to make any changes anywhere in their coaching staff or anything like that or gm whatever the case may be and i'm thinking to myself this is the right time to make changes. Don't don't say so, unless you pull a swerve and and you just say that and then all of a sudden, guess what? Boom! Out of nowhere. But they need changes on their defense for sure. That's what. That's what year was it? When was the last time they won the cup? Nineteen sixty-seven. Yes, I'm dating myself. Okay. Yeah. Dave Keon hoisting that cup. Sixty-seven. Wow. I think that was. I think that was that the year the Capitals franchise started. No, they were later. No, then. they were they were later. They were, than that. they were early seventies. Yeah, I believe they were seventy. I want to say seventy two or seventy four. Yeah, seventy four. I think. Yeah. 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 Crazy. All right. Well, enough of that uh, puck talk. <sighs> uh, Jimmy, uh, the wrestling world. The world is going round and round. Uh, mm-hmm. Both the, the, the big ticket. I mean, there's plenty of news. So again, go to wrestlinginc.com. Round round the clock. Tons of news. Tons of exclusive interviews. So uh, a lot for you to uh, a lot for you to have there. But uh, the two news stories we're going to talk about here are basically just kind of continuations of stories that are just evolving every day. Both which we touched mm-hmm. on a little bit Monday night after all, but again they continue uh, to um, to grow. Uh, the first being is that ESPN reported on Monday that Ric Flair at seventy three is going to get back in the ring. He's going to get back in the ring on July thirty first in Nashville, same city that they're doing SummerSlam in the day before. So they're going to kind of capitalize off of uh, the fans there. They're going to have StarCast mm-hmm. uh, attached to everything. 
But basically, Rick's gonna get he's gonna have a match. It's believed it's probably gonna be a six man tag. Now the rumor was that it would be Rick and maybe FTR possibly. I think he gets mm-hmm. signed if, if if Tony Khan will sign off of that against maybe like the Rock and Roll Express and Ricky Steamboat. The idea being, you know, Steamboat Flair one more time. Haven't been in the ring together since like '94. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Steamboat at '69, but still in tremendous shape as he's always been. But the new uh, wrinkle to this now, the new uh, uh, you know piece of news here, is that uh, Ricky Steamboat is saying that he is not. Uh, he, he he got offered it, but he's declining it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the former NWA World Heavyweight Champion confirmed, confirming reports that he was approached for the match uh, at the event. However, stated he would not be doing the match. Uh, this was during a High Spots Superstore signing. Uh, Fightful was, was transcribed a lot of this and, and, and putting it out there. Um, so they gave it some serious thought. He said, a lot of respect to the guy in the ring. I thought about it for a week and just recently declined on it. He goes on and has a much bigger quote. I'll basically just say, he goes on to say he loves his Mania 25 memory with Chris Jericho mm-hmm. uh, back in... Um, uh, back when he did that and how the crowd was chanting you still got it and how it really came off well and he kind of just wants to let that be his last memory and let the fans have that be the last memory of him versus you know potentially mm-hmm. um you know putting a putting a scar on that if, if this performance doesn't live up to that so jimmy uh i haven't got to talk to you at all about this story off air or on air mm-hmm. give me your reactions to both ends of it to the fact that rick is going back in the ring at 73 uh, and ricky steamboat's decision to, to, to stay out of this it's it's kind of weird to explain. It's it's difficult because I am not shocked that Ric Flair wants to get back into the ring because anybody who knows Ric Flair probably thinks that in his mind, and I hate to put it this way, if Ric Flair were not only to end his career but would to end completely, it would he would want it to be in the ring. Yeah. It almost feels that way. Uh, but uh, um, you know, and I hate to sound morbid about it, but Ric Flair just loves being in the ring that much. And don't get me wrong, I think Ricky Steamboat loves being in the ring just that much. But he also, I want to say, I believe in his heart, thinks that he went out in a way that makes him happy. And what better way to do something, to end something that you love, a, a profession that you love, than to go out the way uh, that Ricky went out, where, where fans were chanting, you still got it, and a whole bit, and having a great match, and going out happy. And that's the main thing. It just feels like to me that Ric Flair still isn't happy with where he is in his career. And I, I don't know what he's looking for. I honestly don't. Because you, when you talk icons yeah. uh, in wrestling, Ric Flair is one of the first guys mentioned when you speak about icons. And Ricky Steamboat, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Steamboat guy because way back to the Steamboat Youngblood days. And he, he was tremendous. You know, and, and like I said, went out on a high note and uh, you know, I respect the fact that he doesn't want to get back in the ring because of that. But at the same time, I, I kind of feel for Ric Flair because I, I feel like he's still searching for something. I mean, I probably agree with that. But the, the the bad news is, Jimmy, is that if he is searching for a better way to go out, I mean, look, he had the storybook ending to go out super kicked by one of the other all-time greats, you know, in the generation behind him. And Shawn Michaels out of WrestleMania. And that could have been that. Now, obviously... You know, retirement and wrestlers don't really go hand in hand. Um, it's never over, brother. Uh, yeah. It's always a work, brother. You know, he ends up having another. He has he fights for TNA and Impact, and you know, and I'm sure money was a motivation at the time, whatever his situation was. But it's like you're. I don't. You're, Vince isn't going to give you a WrestleMania match. I don't. I don't know like what he can keep chasing, and then to the point of Ricky turning it down. I mean, quite frankly, you know, I, I'm sure. I'm sure this event would pay respectively, respectfully. 
but it's not like a mania payday or anything like that. So uh, I, I could see Ricky deciding not to do that. And yeah, I don't know what, I mean, to, to me with Rick, it's like, what do people want to see when you, if you, if you're going to go to some, something live and you want to see, you want to, you want to hear the music, you want to hear him woo, you want to see him strut, you want to see him do his catchphrases. Uh, and he could do all that. He doesn't need to have a match. So right. I don't really know what I, what I need to see out of Ric Flair here. No, I don't either. And and yes, I get the whole adage that, he, you know, Ric Flair is old school and in old school, you go out uh, putting someone else over, you go out elevating the next generation. And that's exactly what he did at WrestleMania with someone like a Shawn Michaels. He yeah. elevated Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania and the same with Ricky Steamboat when with, with Jericho. You know what I mean? So uh, I guess I don't want to say his career has been unfulfilled because he's done what no one else has ever done in this business. But but it just feels like it's I feel bad that it feel, to me, it feels like it's not enough for him. I don't know what it is he's searching for again. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, there's that. I mean, look, I mean, it was it was, it's, it was news in the past year. I mean. Um, his his fifth wife, Wendy, uh, Fifi the mm-hmm. maid. You know he you know he and her split. So I mean I I don't yeah. you know five wives. Uh, there's 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 a, there's the old saying and song. It's cheaper to keep her. So I, I don't know if that's a. There was a there was a there was a joke back in the day going around that he was trying to break his uh, world championship record with wives. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um. I don't know. So yeah. Well, so we'll see. So now now the next part of the story is is is, is who is in there as the quote-unquote you know legend counterpart right uh, opposite rick because rick's you know we, we've seen videos of rick training and again you know he has so rick's doing this so um uh, i i'm, I'm trying to uh, think of who else you know i know i know who would be the perfect fit for in my opinion but i th- i don't think he can do it uh because ftr loves this guy so much oh uh, brett yeah can you imagine brett and, and brett has a history with rick flair defeating him in canada Saskatchewan, that's right. It's it for the WWE or WWF championship back in the day. So you could tie those knots together. There is a story there, you know. Uh, but, but I'll give you a better one, though. I'll give you yeah. a better one if just for the sake of like actually, because I love Brett and I, and I was privileged mm-hmm. as hell in um, 2014, 2015 to um, manage, our, manage our good buddy RJ City. Ah, I'm managing mm-hmm. RJ. He's going up against. Harry Smith Jr., British Bulldog Jr., Brett's managing him. So I got to be a counterpart to Brett, and and we, wow. I mean, which was a, you know, one of the loudest pops would come in front of a couple thousand people. So, like, I love Brett. So, mm-hmm. but Brett, he just can't do much, no. nor, nor, yeah. nor should he. Right. Um, so I would say, again, Tony Khan had to sign off on this, put Sting on the other side of it. Sting, Ooh. Sting has all the history with Flair. I mean, it was Sting and Flair, I believe, in TNA. It was Sting and Flair was the last Nitro. So much history there. We we we're seeing Sting every Wednesday night. He he's more than capable to do a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, I, I would go that route if they could get all parties to sign off. And Tony Khan obviously being a big wow. part of that. That's a, that's a good call. Like you said, they do have a huge history together, and they're the two guys that you you can get away with the, again, not having to do much. Yeah, you know. So that's a good call. I like that. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll keep our eye on it. Uh, yeah. Again, we love uh, if you have any super chats, uh, please send them in. We are uh, I've seen a couple come through. We'll definitely get to them, especially depending on what they're about uh, when the mm-hmm. uh, when the time is right. All right, so that's the one story. Here's the other story. This one I'm sure uh, is just, this one's not going to be going away for a while. Um, so by now you've heard mm-hmm. <laughs> Sasha Banks and Naomi uh, did not appear on Raw oh. as they originally were scheduled to be. 
Uh, again, you can read all the different updates to this on Wrestling Inc. Um, basically, I, you know, again, we know, and Jimmy, I want to get your your fresh take on this. It seemed that there was a <clears throat> creative dispute, um, namely, it seems from Sasha uh, with her and Vince that just kind of went on. It seems all day or, or what mm-hmm. have you. Shows time to start. Vince, of course, in the gorilla position. It's ready to do the live show, and sometime after that show started. <laughs> the creative hadn't changed in Sasha's favor to what she wanted. Uh, this, this is all again, what we're gathering. And so she wasn't going to do that. So she just left the building. Her and Naomi yeah. WWE put out a press release, a very, very unique press release for WWE mm-hmm. giving a far more detailed side of the story than they ever usually would in inter- with dealing with internal matters with talent like this. Yes. So that's, that's its own thing. Um, the latest report from Fightful selects, is it's Fightful Select that's giving some insight on how people backstage in WWE are reacting. Now, I, I stress this because Fightful Select stressed this. This is just individual people Fightful Select was able to get to talk to them, uh, of course, remaining anonymous. Um, mm-hmm. So this doesn't necessarily mean this is the, what everybody thinks. This is just a, an example of some right. of some temperature taking. Um, they say like a consensus among some talent who they talk to is that leaving during a show you were scheduled for before that segment is something that is likely to lead you to getting buried throughout the show. So explaining, you mm-hmm. know, commentary was kind of doing that. Vince probably instructing them with the lines. Uh, an established WWE star responded to the comparisons of Steve Austin walking out in 02, pointing out that, look, Austin walked out long before airtime. Mm-hmm. Um, Fightful Select also spoke to a female star who, quote, didn't see anything particularly egregious worth leaving the show over, but understands creative frustration. Um, the report suggests that several people in WWE uh, who are supportive of Naomi and Sasha's stance, but the much larger population lies in the not being happy with creative is fine. Walking out is fine, but walking out during the show isn't fine. Hmm. Um, and, there's, and there's so more. Literally every, every temperature is taken here. Jimmy, you were, you were there for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. You, you saw disputes. You were there when Austin famously took his ball, went home, which mm-hmm. is like this gets compared to. Right. Uh, what do you make of this? Uh, I, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I, I don't like it. I think it's, you know, Corey Graves said the line, and I'm sure he was fed the line, that it's very unprofessional of them to leave. And I agree with that. And I know people are going to say to me, but you're not, you, you've never had to deal with creative and blah, blah, blah. And all this. that's not the point. The point is you are paid to do a job. If you disagree with what's going on, it's not like you have a union rep. And I, I don't want to get into this whole union debate in, in pro wrestling because it ain't happening. Sorry, guys, it ain't happening. They are independent contractors. You sign a contract to perform a duty, something they instruct you to do. Like, And if you don't like it, you can complain about it afterwards. But at the same time, you you, you are given a job to do. And, it, you know, comparing it to the Austin thing, Austin did leave in the afternoon. And they knew that, oh, boy, he's, not, he's gone. He's not coming back. We've got to do something to him. Leaving during the show just... It, it doesn't sit well with me. It's very unprofessional. Obviously, as people know, this isn't the first time that Sasha's taken her ball and gone home. And now the big debate, is this a big elaborate work to get uh, people interested in what's going on and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. You know, I joke around and kid that, oh, well, they didn't use their uh, shoot slash real names in the, pr- in the press release. They used their working names. But at the same time, they said things in that press, uh, in that uh, statement that, uh, that they don't normally do. I mean, obviously they do stuff on the network where they go behind that fourth wall and peek behind the curtain and stuff like that. But it, to do it in a press release and in a, in a statement, the way they did, oh man, they are not happy. 
And it could have been handled a lot better, a lot more professionally, in my opinion. I think the, um, the, uh, yeah, it, I, I, no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I like on the one, you know, that, that's my thing. On the one hand, it's like, you know, it, it's, it's one thing that you want to stand up for yourself or your, or your mm-hmm. peers and like, you know, and we've always heard Vince kind of likes a little bit of confrontation, likes being challenged. If, if done mm-hmm. in the right way, he can maybe raise his level of respect, but, I don't think leaving during the show is going to win you any no. points of uh but yeah, it's like you said, you're, you're, you're paid to do a job at the end of the day. You're paid, you're there mm-hmm. to do a job. And, and that's, and, and that's something I think even generationally is what, what, what people think is acceptable and the rules are is, is getting mm-hmm. constantly altered. Some people are saying that they weren't familiar or didn't get to hear or read uh, the statement that the WWE put out. So real quick, I'm just going to, I'll give it again. It's not mm-hmm. too, it's not too lengthy. So, um, and so WWE sent this to wrestling Inc and, and several other outlets. And they said this, everything here I'm quoting when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday night raw during the broadcast. They walked into WWE head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis's office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. Yeah, it's very telling in, in just that statement. And and again, they were uncomfortable with two of the uh, people they were performing with, even though they performed with them before. If there's something you're uncomfortable in do in, in a match and with and don't want to do it, then you voice your opinion to that person. Say, hey, look, I don't want to do this. I'm not comfortable doing this. That's all it is. And 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 if you're not comfortable with the creative direction, you handle that differently. You go and you discuss it. You tell them why you're not happy with whatever direction they're going in. And if you still disagree with the, what they have to say or if they disagree with you, you fulfill your duties as you are paid to do, as you have signed a contract to do. And then if you feel like walking out, walk out not during the show and leave them hanging and having to scramble, even though it didn't feel that way. It kind of they, I thought they handled it fairly well considering the circumstance, but that's not the point. The point is you don't walk out on in the middle of your job finish your job and then if you're not happy do what you got to do well, you say that you, you say they handled it well it sounds like they're they're experienced on changing things on the fly it's, <laughs> or events mm-hmm. changes mind or what have you so they've got they've had some reps there yeah um yeah i don't know it's going to be very interesting uh, and i and i don't think she's going to get released because i don't think they're going to want to send that message that oh if you just act this way we're going to get you out of your contract no but uh you will not be looked upon favorably by the office let's put it that way yeah and 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 you look at someone like a naomi who's uh married to one of the usos and uh, you know there was a potential bloodline tie-in there that could have happened down the road as well yeah you know uh, there's so many uh, things that could have happened that may not happen now you know, and that's, I'll close on this uh, if you have anything to respond to this. I always say that about being in a tag team. Tag team wrestling is a beautiful, it's a beautiful art when it's done right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but it always is a risk, I always think, you know, to be in a tag team because, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're married to that person professionally. So if they get hurt, that possibly affects, that now affects you. If they, if they mm-hmm. get heat, that could, you know, like 
so yeah, Naomi, I mean, you know, it sounds like this is more of a Sasha charge in terms of what was happening. Uh, I don't know if Naomi is just along for the ride to support her friends since they were a tag right. team. And wh what happens now is the tag team belts. I mean, like, you know, what's the champions? I don't know. It, exactly. Do you hold a tournament or whatever? Right. You know, like if, if, if you disagree, put them through the barbershop window. What the heck? There you go. <laughs> Well, it's going to be a very interesting summer uh, coming up. As you know, of course, mm -hmm. we have money in the money in the bank. We have stadium shows and all kinds of stuff. Plus, we have sweaty sack summers approaching. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, sweaty sack summer. The fellows, you know what I'm talking about. It's approaching, and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing out these new boxers, and I can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear, and I mean that. Look, chafing could be a real thing. Heat, skin, friction, don't want none of that. You want to be comfortable with what you're wearing, and this is a winner right here. So breathable that it's like the gills of your groin. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, so you know how it's serious. Um, I think it's time you invest in your family jewels, so let your bulbs breathe and get 20% off, of course, and free shipping when you use the code WINC20 at manscaped.com. I mean, like, uh, you know, let's say you're on a date and, and, you're, and your partner catches that manscape on the waistband of the underwear. I mean, it's almost guaranteed, Jimmy. It's going to mm. raise the people's eyebrow and <laughs> act like a billboard on the highway to Pleasure Town. You got to get you some. The new mm. underwear is what you got to get. Uh, thanks. Uh, this is all thanks, of course, to Lawnmower 4.0. Um, you know, that's what's making, that's what's doing all the right grooming underneath of those, uh, of those, mm -hmm. those comfortable underwear. Best electric trimmer. We've talked about it for months on months. Uh, below the waist grooming, it is the best tool out there. Yeah. Uh, the trimmer offers skin safe technology designed to trim hair on loose skin. Uh, of course, they have all kinds of other ways to help you. Like we said, they have the, nose trimmers the ear uh, ear trimmers mm -hmm. of course again they have the jewel pouch a pouch designed to cradle your boys mm -hmm. in their own special space lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated basically just imagine your balls sipping a pina colada chilling on a hammock on some tropical beach that's the type of treatment you're giving yourself uh tagless waistband hugs your body without digging into it lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing front fly opening gives easy access and makes the bathroom breaks quick and efficient you can choose from an arrangement of designs and colors and sizes going from small all the way up to 3x for all the big guys out there again manscaped.com use the code winc20 save 20 percent plus free shipping i can tell you boxers are very comfortable give them a try got many different colors of them it's the way to go absolutely it's like being wasted away again in margaritaville yeah. <laughs> all right uh let's what do you say what do you say we get into some uh dynamite sure sure i mean i think i think that's that's that, that happened tonight, so we got to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. It did happen tonight. <laughs> Hang on, I'm trying to find yeah. something real quick. Dude. But uh, I will say this, you know, I thought, I thought just to start things off really quickly uh, in a nutshell, I thought it was a fairly solid outing, outing from the from the guys and gals at AEW tonight. Yeah, let me uh, real quick before we go to Dynamite. I will. This uh, last super chat did sneak in here from Brandon Hall. Back to the WB issue. Uh, Ten dollars, mm -hmm. thanks, Brandon. Uh, he says, I have a few issues. The first thing is, was the match really advertised? Also, why do we continue to take everything that WWE says as absolute that it actually happened that way? Well, the six-pack challenge match was advertised. They mm -hmm. started off the show talking about it. They had a graphic and everything. Mm -hmm. So that was advertised. Um, so that's true. Uh, I, I do. I will say, Brandon, the other thing, some of the things in the statement that they put out, it's their version. Uh, you know, right. I especially the whole always two sides yes yeah There's especially especially sides. the part about the girls having an issue with two performers in the match 
mm-hmm. that you know that that's pretty bold to put out there yeah so um but yeah it, it, again it's it's hard to decipher unless you're there to to witness anything uh, wh- whose side is is being more uh genuine with their presentation but at the same time uh, obviously both sides view it from a different point of view and and you know wwe to put it out there publicly uh if they are fudging the numbers so to speak they're opening the door for some possible repercussions. So they have to be careful with their wording as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you put out a release like that. I mean, that's, um, yeah, that can find its way to court, uh, if it needs to, if, if, if things would ever get to that point. So, yeah. Uh, all right. So yeah. So we'll again, continue to watch the, that story evolve mm-hmm. on the WWE side of things. Yeah. Let's jump over to AEW. Of course, Wednesday night dynamite, mm-hmm. uh, coming to you from Houston, Texas. Very, loud crowd there uh, I, and i gotta say too you know they they have their staging areas they always have they do this sometimes depending on and i like this it's something that um it's a it's a something that WWE never does never did in their in their setup i like the elevated ramp way that goes all the way and meets that is that is of equal to the eight ring mm-hmm. apron. i've always you know wcw did that some you know it's an nwa thing ecw even did it I, i've always liked maple, that maple leaf gardens back in the day Prior, pri- yeah, prior to it becoming a WWF slash WWE territory, they had a ramp. Mind you, uh, they came when the boys came out through the curtains, they came up a set of stairs to a ramp and they walked to the ring level with the ring. I've always liked it because I love how how much more seen the talent can be. Exactly. Because if you've, I mean, if you've ever been to a, a to a wrestling show, if you're sitting somewhere else on the floor, it can be tough to see somebody coming down the aisle way, depending on where mm-hmm. you are in the building. And you might, you know, you're just missing little things. So I love having them elevated and having them walk and then be equal to the, uh, mm-hmm. the height of the apron. So just a little thing. Yeah. One of my, my little, it, it's, it's actually a bigger than a, a little bit bigger than a little thing, because like you said, it, it the, uh, the talent is elevated and they are seen and they are more visible by everyone, not just the people at home. Yeah. So, uh, something, so I, I, they don't do it every time they do it. It's, it, it seems it's, it's arena pending of a do of, of guess, it makes yeah. sense to do, yeah. but uh, I like it. <clears throat> I think it's a nice touch, um, but yeah, we uh, start hot as they always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first of what's going to be a several of the, um, Owen Hart Memorial, uh, tournament, uh, matches, uh, the, and one of the first of two matches that has a mystery opponent, Samoa Joe, we know he comes out and he's going to be going up against the Joker. Who's the Joker? Flashes on the screen, Johnny Elite. Now, I will admit, as soon as I saw Johnny Elite, John Morrison came into my head because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm very, you know, I like that talent and I, I love the gimmick that he's took all around with him that he's always altered his name based upon, you know, he's Johnny Nitro, he's been Johnny Mundo. Oh, really? You know, I've, I've always liked that he's altered his name. So that's where my mind went. But it didn't take long as I then start surfing the world of Twitter of the honest mistake that some people might have made. I mean, I don't know if you did this, but I saw many people who, who thought that johnny elite was johnny gargano johnny wrestling ah. and now it was also teased too because tomaso champa posted something on social he posted a picture with johnny gargano and his wife right. Right. and champa's caption was just hanging with two jokers so that got people buzzing so ah. i so i don't know if it was an intentional troll job here i don't think i don't think that you know because i think john mm-hmm. johnny is a, a legit guy to you know johnny elite john morrison was a a, a a very worthwhile guy to have out there mm-hmm. as a as a mystery opponent, but right. I I could see people's confusion. No, I I could understand that confusion, but I'm like you. I I thought Johnny Nitro. As soon as I saw Johnny Elite, I said, 
uh, John, it's Morrison, yeah. and that and that's a good get for uh, for for AEW. And I, yes, I get it that people say, "Oh, here's our next WWE guy," but John John is more than that. He he's 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 well traveled. He's been around the world. He's done. Yes, he was more visible in WWE than anywhere else. But at the same time, he's a good get, and he can help get any talent in any match over. And what I love most about this going up against Joe, yes, we know that Johnny can fly. He only flew sparingly in this match when he needed to, and, and he showed that he could wrestle and hang with a guy like Joe in the ring in a wrestling match as well. And yeah. He's a real, real well-rounded talent. A great point by you. And, and Joe is just uh, leveling him with some, some chops, yeah. uh, some, some, some sick sounding chops. Mm -hmm. uh, Joe does kick out. Johnny goes for the 450, hits it, came up a little bit short. short. Um, I'm going to suspect, too, because again, talking about differences and Johnny being a high flyer, you know, those WWE ropes have a lot more spring to them. So I'm mm -hmm. almost wondering if, like, you know, he had he had Joe set up where he probably maybe would in a WWE ring in the sense of that's where he's going to yeah. land. But those AEW ropes that are that that more traditional elevator cable wrapped in rubber, yes. there's not that much bounce, and so he, you know, he didn't didn't have enough uh, spring to him in that split. So that, that, um, that, that's a good call because because people don't realize the difference between the cable. Yeah. The cables and the actual rope, which WWE has actual rope, right? Because yeah. our RVD did the reverse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he came from ECW had the the cable like yeah. AEW does. He, <laughs> RVD <laughs> came over to Raw and he went to do his five star splash. Is used to having to push off so much more, and almost completely mm -hmm. missed this guy. Overshot yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, there is some. There is an adjustment period. <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, but I, the commentary kind of, I thought, bailed it. They said, oh, he came up a little short. He might have not got mm -hmm. all of it. Joe kicks out. Joe ultimately is going to hit the muscle buster uh, to get the win. So Samoa Joe advances here in this tournament. Uh, before we get to the shenanigans that happened real quick after the match, um, mm -hmm. I, 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 we haven't seen the graphic. I, at least I haven't, I haven't seen it that says Johnny Elite is all elite. So I don't know if, if he's, if he's, I don't know if he's there to stay or if it was just a kind of a one time thing or, you know, what that's going to be. Well, I hope he's there to stay because he's a talent that 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 they could use and need. I, yes, they are pretty full over there, especially for the time permitting. Um, but he's a talent that they can definitely use. And you talk about the the shenanigans that went on afterwards. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about that happening is it took away from the, uh, you know, it made you kind of forget about the return of Johnny Elite. I agree. Yeah, Jay, Le Jay Lethal, yeah. Sonia Dutt, and Satnam Singh come out. They start attacking yeah. Joe. Um, yeah, and I agree. It, it, it was it a little, it a little like overbooked. It, yeah, it made it feel like an afterthought. And if there's one thing that AEW, I think, in my opinion, is guilty of doing far too often on Wednesday nights is overbooking, trying to get trying to get too many people in, as we'll talk about later on in the show, uh, in our show here, that they just sometimes just try to get too much in. And just, sometimes you need to let stuff breathe. Well, but I and I gotta wonder if that's if that becomes like a, you know, if you have all these guys and girls who you're paying each week, whether you're using them or not, mm -hmm. like they have these downside guarantee. Like if you almost feel obligated, like, oh God, I gotta get them out there, so I'm not wasting my investment this week. No, no, I get that, but at the same time, uh, if you're if you've got a lot of stuff that you're using on web, like their, yeah. their AEW Dark, they have how many matches on AEW Dark and stuff like that, uh, you know. If you if you feel like you need to use them, use them elsewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, 
top pro for you games. J&J security are as iconic as Labar and Corderas. And he goes <laughs> on to say this J&J is better. Well, thank you. Oh, well, thank you. That's awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, we got a super chat here. Um, Apox Music, uh, Canadian 699. Been listening to you for years uh, now, guys. Big fan. Thank you. Uh, he goes, you think Double or Nothing will be the biggest AW pay-per-view and what will steal the show? Hmm. You know, I mean, it certainly could be the biggest pay-per-view to date. Their pay-per-views, especially as they continue to acquire major talent like Punk and, and Danielson and such, you know, they continue setting new records internally. Uh, I mean, this is this. Is, I mean, this is they're going to be a three-year-old company uh, next week, I believe mm-hmm. it is. So, you know, they're still in that phase to keep setting new records. So, it could. It certainly could. Um, I think there's some things on the top of the card that I'm mainly the title match, which we'll get to here in mm-hmm. a minute. That I don't know if it's been built as well as it could have been. Um, so I'm so I'll be curious how you know the dynamite next week is in Vegas. It's in the same city as where the double nothing is. So I'll be curious how the final push is next week in terms of. Yeah. Buy the show, buy the pay per view, stream yeah. the pay per view. Um, but in terms of stealing the show, I mean, I don't know. There's so much juice behind this Wardlow MJF deal. This is this is this is gonna be some fun business here. Yeah, that that's definitely a contender. There's also a tag team match that, that that's gonna happen that I think uh, could potentially steal the show as well with some old friends of mine. <laughs> we will get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so uh, thank you for that. All right, up next, we see backstage Jeff Hardy being interviewed, uh, and we find out that he is medically cleared after that crazy, crazy uh, finish in the match he had last week with Darby Allen. Mm-hmm. He's cleared to wrestle, and just as he's uh, talking about adrenaline is going to keep him fired up, the Young Bucks come in, and they start kind of mocking him, saying he's a shell of himself and what have you. Matt mm-hmm. fires back and calls them Hardy cosplayers, and Matt Hardy makes a threat to them not to show their face and interfere during mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy's match against Adam Cole. Uh, of course, this being another Owen Hart tournament match. So uh, mm-hmm. they're really uh, we're, they're kind of planting those seeds for those Bucks Hardys. Yeah, they're, and they're planting them hard, too, and they're watering them a lot. And, and, <laughs> and you know what? Uh, again, you talk about old school versus new school. This is the perfect match for something like that. You know, to, uh, you know uh, the Bucks are sort of like a, an offshoot of what the Hardys were, kind of, sort of. You know, and 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 developed into their own thing, and you know, it's like, uh, uh, man, I they've had their they've had their matches in the past, but bringing them to national TV, I think, is a good thing, and I think it'll bring out the best in the Hardys as well as as uh, as Matt and Matt and Jeff as well as uh, the the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, this would be the biggest stage, the biggest eyes on them to have that. Mm-hmm. Match. I mean, and, and the, yeah, I mean, the, the Bucks, you know, that's what's cool about the Bucks. The Bucks are like a, um, if the Hardy Boys and the Rockers had, yeah, you know, children that were going to be attacking. That's that's what I think it is. There you go. Yeah, that, you know? yeah, that's a good comparison. I like that. So, uh, so yeah. we will follow up with that a little bit later on. Uh, as mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole is the main event of the show. Mm-hmm. CM Punk out on commentary. Uh, he is sitting there to watch his uh, upcoming opponent, the champion mm-hmm. Hangman Page, in action. I want to make sure I get the pronunciation right because it's the first time I'm saying it out loud. Uh, Kunose Takeshita, uh, Japanese uh, talent. Uh, he, he's appeared on some AEW program before. This is my first time watching the match of him. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just want to talk about him for a second before we can do anything else. Mm-hmm. He was very impressive. Yes. Uh, tall, tall kid, probably 6'3, six, 6'4 six, easily. Seemed like mm-hmm. he's a tall, well built kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's worked a lot of Japanese talent as, as they, as they were rattling off during the match. Very athletic. Yes. Um, 
brought his stuff, laid it in, looked good. But one of the big things I love too, he sold. He the, the facials when he's selling and he takes the time to grimace and fall. Like, like his selling was was better than I see a lot of. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just want to first off say to this guy who I thought this was going to be again a throwaway. WWF superstars Sunday morning match, uh, which I know mm-hmm. AEW doesn't do much of those. Right. I, when I thought that was going to be this, that was not this. Um, no. This kid was very impressive. No, he was absolutely. And I even have it written down. He's very agile and athletic. Like you said, big kid, looked good, sold well, except for the, the German suplex where he landed on his head, where him and yeah. Paige, neither one of them sold that, which, uh, Maybe the one little thing I had an issue with in this match. It's a. It looked, it looked a little bit. I don't want to say dangerous, but it looked. Uh, it looked dangerous. Yeah. Okay. It looked, <laughs> it dangerous, looked dangerous. But but you know at least sell it a little bit. But but when he did sell stuff, it looked great. Yeah. And you know there's that old adage you can get over without going over, and I think Adam Page did a heck of a job of helping this kid get over without going over. Yeah, uh, so Takeshita, you know, really, yeah, you're right. Got over, um, impressive. So, and I mean, even to the point where they got some close false finishes, where the crowd was rallying, like it, yeah. it was like, you know, it had like that, that just that organic feel, like, oh my god, are, are they actually gonna, you know, is, is Hangman Page gonna be so distracted, continuing to glance up at Punk at the commentary, is he gonna be so distracted that he's gonna, you know, we're gonna pull a one, two, three kid over Razor type thing here? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, good on them that they got me that kind of on mm-hmm. the edge of my seat. Jimmy, I ask you. So Adam Page, you know, he goes over by getting the W, of course, mm-hmm. but gets Takeshita over. I mean, I, I think he'll be getting some more dynamite matches. Mm-hmm. Do you like that? Or we're two weeks out from this pay-per-view match where him he's defending against CM Punk. Should your world champion be fighting this hard against somebody who just for relative purposes of the audience is very unknown? Uh, maybe that, that's a fair point. That's a fair point to make that, that it may be a little bit too close, but at the same time, it opens the door for Punk to 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 say, "Hey, look, this this young fella here, you had trouble with. Yes, he's a big, agile kid, but he's still not as as knowledge and as a veteran as as well schooled as I am. Uh, you thought this kid took you to school? Yeah. Wait till you meet me. If you play it off that way. But my issue was more along the lines of last week. It felt like." Uh, CM Punk was the heel coming out with the uh, yeah with the, with the John Tavares shirt and the whole bit and getting the heel reaction in Long Island. This week, I couldn't tell who was the babyface and who was the heel when they when they had their confrontation afterwards. You know, and and I know people say it's a different time now and you let the people decide, but at the same at the same time, somebody has to act like a heel and somebody has to act like a babyface. You want to mm-hmm. see the heel get their butt kicked. Well, last week Punk he was playing heel because he's in long Island. He seems to enjoy doing, you know, he did it the time yeah. before he loves to amp up right. the hockey, but then, but prior to that, excuse me, the week's part of that. And it seemed like Paige was like, just taking a heel turn and he was cutting heel promo. So like, I, mm-hmm. but yeah, then, then tonight it wasn't as it, it was more just kind of shades of gray. So, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, that's where I'm wondering. I, I I'm wondering like how this match is like, is this match bringing people to the table? Are they buying it? Are they buying the show for this match? Um, I don't know. I mean, cause I, cause I personally, I think this, this might be the end of hangman page as world champ. Uh, I just don't see them. I don't see them, you know, putting CM Punk in that situation, having him lose at this point. I just don't see that happening. So, um, yeah. It, it, and, and I don't think they've handled the, uh, um, hangman pages 
championship reign very well so far because like 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 you said uh, he hasn't been on tv much I, yes you don't want to overexpose your champion but at the same time you've got to make him at least visible uh in promos and anything as opposed to just you know being yeah. there uh i do want to note that this was a nice piece of business a kind of heel thing to do page beats mm-hmm. uh to with the gts yes yeah, he uh, he definitely using someone else's finishing move is kind of like a rub it in your face. It is definitely heelish, but yeah. uh, it, it this audience though is a little bit different though. They almost kind of like enjoyed yeah. it more than said, "Hey, they pop." They, 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 they didn't. They yeah. didn't. They didn't generate heat. They pop for it. You know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the the hardcore AEW audience kind of reacts to things differently sometimes. So, hmm. you know. I guess know your audience, know your room. <laughs> exactly. Read the room. Mm-hmm. All right, we get uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. They're going up against the Workhorsemen. Um, th- 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 this is going to be you know tag team match, but basically basically to feature that Swerve Strickland mm-hmm. and Keith Lee are going to get the win, uh, doing a little of their own kind of doomsday uh, situation of Lee uh, having their opponent up and Swerve just taking the taking the double stomp boots to him from mm-hmm. the top rope. Uh, after the match, they get on the mic and they note how they are now in the top five, so they're eyeing tag team gold. Hobbs and Starks come out. They don't agree with. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys thinking they're going to jump in front of him in the line. And then here comes Christian speaking for uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and ultimately makes a challenge that we have a three-way tag team at Double or Nothing mm-hmm. to see who truly is next in line. Right. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, th- I, I don't mind having this match, to an, which felt like an enhancement match, which is exactly what it was. And and one thing, the the segment afterwards showed afterward when that with the, with the talking was man how good christian is on the microphone and i for some we sometimes forget uh that boy can he talk and he just he he's for me he stole the show not the the entire show but stole the segment after with his with some of his mic work i agree and i'm almost wondering jimmy uh christian is tremendous on the heel uh, tremendous on the mic. I think he's better on the mic when he's a heel because it kind of lets him. He gives him a little bit more freer range. He's mm-hmm. some more of that. Uh, you know, he has kind of a little bit of a natural kind of his sense of humor is, can be a bit of assholeish in like a funny way. So yeah. I, I'm I'm wondering if and and I I've seen little hints of it at times over the weeks mm-hmm. here with him and, and Jungle Boy and such. I'm almost wondering if a heel turn might be happening if he might uh, be stray from from this, it, this unit. I I would love to see that happen and I'd love to see him be the reason why. Uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy lose the tag titles. Maybe, 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 maybe that's the way to get him to that heel side. I, I would be all for that to see Christian uh, mm-hmm. turn here. I like again. I'm always here for a heel, Christian Cage. Mm-hmm. All right. Up next, we got MJF. <clears throat> He's out there with Sean Spears, and then now they bring out Wardlow, and uh, Wardlow's going to take the ten lashings of the belt, and uh, we get eight lashes in, and Wardlow is no selling these, Jimmy. He's mm-hmm. not flinching. He's not grimacing. He is just all smiles. It's driving MJF on a wall that he is not torturing uh, Warlow. The ninth mm-hmm. one, Warlow sells a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, and when it looks like that 10th one's going to come, uh, MJF just kicks him in the balls and then proceeds to uh, lash him probably 10 more times as he's mm-hmm. down, uh, choking him. Meanwhile, Warlow's handcuffed this entire time. Right. MJF puts on. Uh, the ring, you know, gives him the big punch in the face to that. I mean, so 
now all that's left is, is is next week a cage match between Wardlow and Spears with MJF as the ref. So basically a handicap match mm-hmm. inside of a cage. But when we get through all that, it's double or nothing. MJF versus Wardlow. And I guess, like I said earlier in, in response to that uh, super chat, I for me right now, this is positioned as a number one, what I'm looking forward to. No, I, I'm, it, it, I'm very much looking forward to it as well. I don't know if it's a number one, but right now it, it is the talk of the town and the, one of the biggest reasons why, and you know, I talked about this earlier and I talked about it often is heels need to be heels to get the audience. Here's a guy who's not a cool heel MJF and he's getting the, you know, we throw last week we throw away. Cause that was an, a, a, an anomaly in long Island, New York, where he's from. Uh, he could, he could, he could, uh, uh, smack little babies and stuff like that. And they probably still, they probably still cheer him, you know, and, and take, uh, take purses away from old, little old ladies and stuff. And, but everywhere else, he's doing everything right to get booed and make people want to see him get his butt kicked. And they, they did exactly that tonight. And, and I can only imagine what's going to happen next week in the cage match when, when Wardlow is, you know, basically outnumbered inside that cage and, and set up for that, what we yeah. all hope is an ass whooping yeah. on MJF at the pay-per-view at double or nothing. MJF is definitely one of the most polarizing guys right now in the mm-hmm. wrestling business. I mean, he's his, you know, he's not afraid. You know, as you said, he's not a cool heel. And, and that comes to, he's one of the few people in this day and age who's not afraid to be a heel. Right. You know, what ends up happening all too often is guys or, you know, and girls, they want to play heel. They want to, you know, okay, book me as the bad guy, but then once the match is over and they go through the curtain, they want to be able to go, you know, to the merch table and take some pictures and and make some money signing an eight by ten or making money, you know, taking mm-hmm. a selfie or be nice to get some more followers on, on their Twitter or Instagram. Right. MJF does not do that. I mean, there's even been video of him at meet and greets where he's mm-hmm. he he's being as as much of an asshole. And there's a debate of is this good business or not? He's being an asshole with kids. Even. You know, he'll sign or take the picture, but he's he's not. You know, he's not getting down and uh, on one knee and 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 playing nice. Uh, and then of course all the talk of his contract and that he's going to go to WWE if the money's there. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and is it a work? Is it a shoot? Did it start out as a work thing? Is is it maybe becoming a little bit annoying to Tony Khan? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's fascinating stuff. Is all, what I'll say. <laughs> that part, that, that part of it, uh, to be honest with you, does fascinate me. That you know that it's okay. It's one thing to go out in an interview and say, "Look, hey, I, the other guys are interested in me," and blah blah blah. But he's doing this on television, and it, it, you know what I mean. And yeah, and you talk about is it a work? Is it a shoot? That one's got everybody guessing too. And if you've got people guessing, they're interested. Yes. When you have when you have the boys in the locker room guessing, mm-hmm. then, then you've got it. You've got that's, something, and that's the that's the beauty of it. Because especially you know, there's a lot of fans out there who think they know, and there's a lot of boys who think they know. But sometimes, uh, you know, when you've got them fooled, mm. right now there's only two people that, that know, and it might only be one pe- person that knows. Right now, the mm-hmm. only two people that know are MJF and Tony Khan. Khan and yep. There's a chance. That Tony Khan doesn't fully really quite know. So if he don't know, everybody else just needs to calm down. Yeah, exactly. The mundo. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Back to our own heart tournament. Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. versus Ray Phoenix. Uh, uh, entertaining one for what this one was. A fun, crazy spot of a uh, walking the top rope and then Hurricane Rana from the top rope to the apron onto the floor. But ultimately, though, Kyle O'Reilly is going to make Phoenix tap. So o- mm-hmm. O'Reilly advances in this tournament. Um, anything, anything of note you want to bring up on this one? 
Nothing. I thought it was a solid match. I thought uh, uh, with someone like Phoenix in it, I expected to see some high flying, and we saw some high flying, but it didn't. It, it wasn't gratuitous in, in, to, just to get it in. He, he uh, I think Phoenix took his, uh, picked his spots, and picked them well. And Kyle O'Reilly is very underrated as far as uh, with with some people at least as far as his in ring ability is. And I love the reversal. With that leg drop into the arm bar and the leg and all that stuff, it just uh, man, he's Good smooth. Call. He's really smooth. Good call. Uh, real quick, back to the Wardlow <clears throat> MJF. Mm-hmm. Um, Mneco one. Uh, Justin, any chance AEW swerves us and has uh, MJF beat Wardlow? Maybe make him stay his lackey until MJF wins the world title from Punk, or is that drawing it out too long? Mm. Uh, you know, I think there actually is a chance. I think there is a chance that MJF could beat Wardlow uh, for that point of, I, I do think MJF, revisiting MJF and Punk, you could still make more money off, and especially when you add the world title in the factor. That's, that's of course, all assuming that Punk wins the world title. So, I mean, I think there is a chance that something like that could happen. Um, it would have to be really, you know, you have to creatively book how that finish is going to go down between MJF and Wardlow. But I'll say this. This MJF, this MJF and Warlord deal has been a long time coming. This mm-hmm. is not something that they just decided, oh, we're going to do this. I mean, they, I mean, they've been building to it for over two years. They've known right. that this was the eventual uh, you know, finish line. So, and AEW, I think, has done a pretty good job overall on the long-term stories that they've had in place. I think they've done a pretty good job of how they f- finish things for the most mm-hmm. part. So that gives me hope that whatever is going to happen at Double or Nothing will not be just throwing darts at the wall right. and seeing which index card it lands on, and that's the finish we're going on. I think they have a pretty clear idea of what they want to do. So that just gives me hope. Um, I, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and like you said, to, to have to have MJF beat Wardlow, it'd have to be very creative in order not to hurt Wardlow at all. Yeah, even if it is with that ring, which they put over huge tonight, knocking him out and getting the 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 full three count against him. It's It's... Uh, there, there's always a possibility, but I, I, to be perfectly honest, in my opinion, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, real quick too, all earlier back to Adam page. I want to get this, uh, Christopher Thacker super chat in. Thanks to thanks Christopher. Uh, he says my biggest issue tonight was with page, both the match and the GTS made him look weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, again, the match, like I said, I, I can understand because he's, he's having such a competitive match against somebody who doesn't have that credibility, but I think the GTS, I think that was a great move. You know, yeah. use, use your opponent's. Yeah. Deal. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, but at the same time, too, you know, um, I didn't think it was that bad for Paige, considering the fact that, uh, uh, again, he elevated a young talent. You know, yes, he is your world champion. Maybe that's not the right person to have elevate the young <laughs> talent. But at the same time, he did elevate that young man. Talk about elevating young talent. My guy, Spencer Slade, Bernie in DC, giving me a cheap plug here. Saturday night, this Saturday here in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Uh, Ross Draver Ice Gardens, ECW used to run there. Well, this Saturday, Rhino's there, Sandman's there, Bill O'Fonzo's got a surprise tag team oh. he's bringing. But Rhino, a former Labar guy, going up against a current Labar guy, Spencer Slade. Don't want to miss it. Fight TV. You can check it out this Saturday night. Uh, IWC Proving Ground. Do uh, it. So there you go. There, do little, it. Little do elevating it. young talent. Yeah. Um, Dylan Matthew says Claudio Cesaro and Blackpool Club would be epic. Mm. Oh, that's interesting there it's interesting. Uh, i think blackpool club is fine the way it is right now you don't you don't want to over uh, saturate it 
Well, they did add like at least two, uh, three temporary members, at least by mm. association here, yeah. uh, just so they can even up their numbers. As we have them out there, that of course being William Regal representing John mm. Moxley, Brian Danielson, and then Moxley bringing Santana Ortiz and Eddie Kingston in the fold, mm. who of course have had problems with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, so Jericho's uh, they're up at the ramp. Jericho gets on the mic and he starts delivering, uh, you know, starts blurring lines of, of reality, cutting a mm. promo on William Regal, talking about how what wasted potential he 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 is and was. He should have been a world champion ten times over, but uh, instead fired from every company he's ever worked for. Starts taking shots at William Regal's uh, past um, issues with addiction uh, at one point in his career. Uh, then he starts to run down and go through. Uh, the, the, highlighting the issues of every other person standing in the mm-hmm. ring, uh, even making reference. You know, he calls Brian Dennison a nerd, uh, talks mm-hmm. about Moxley and, and, and Moxley, of course, having gone um, uh, to, to alcohol, uh, you know, to, to go, mm-hmm. gone and gotten alcohol addiction treatment uh, late last year. Uh, just calls him a royal flush of losers. I mean, he, you know, Jer- Jericho really, you know, I don't think he said anything that probably wasn't already approved or, or, or what have you, but certainly got the audience ooh and an ah with those sound bites yeah and sometimes some of the the most ooh and ah worthy uh promos are ones that are basically you know dipped in truth and that's what we got from jericho and yes as a heel he brought up stuff that maybe uh, i don't want to say he crossed the line but at the same time it is very a very touchy subject with a yeah. lot of people and uh, and it hit close to home for a lot of people and uh, the response from regal though was absolutely classic William Regal. Yeah, so, so Regal fires back and basically says all those years traveling the road, all those years traveling and doing shows that Jericho was also on, that whenever Jericho was in the ring, Regal would go back to Jericho's back, take his toothbrush and, and stick it up his ass. Yeah. Um, a, a, a very weird comeback, though, I have to say. And Regal's mm-hmm. such a soft-spoken guy anyways, even on a microphone, and, and the crowds got hecklers and such. It, it was a little... It was, it was, it, this is where it started to become a weird back and forth, honestly. Yeah, but at the same time, the way Regal presented it, it almost sounded like, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say, uh, it, it sounded so proper. <laughs> you know what I mean? The way it was presented, but at the same time, it, it, it made you cringe and laugh at the same time. And like I said ass, I think he said arse, didn't he? He said arse, I'm pretty sure. I believe he did. Yeah, I believe he did. Which... Uh, <laughs> so Jericho gets ready to challenge him to a stadium stampede. And Moxley shuts that down. So they're not doing your dumb sports entertainment stuff. We need to be mm-hmm. in front of fans mm-hmm. in a in a loud arena that wants violence. So mm-hmm. they, they 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 didn't actually really name if it's a type of match. Basically, just said call it whatever you want. We just need to have five on five violence. So it sounds like we're just gonna yeah. have like a big old street fight. Uh, right. Which I mean, there's yeah. no D, there's no DQs in AEW anyway, so it's you know yeah, all pretty, the same. But it's gonna be yeah. a, a violent uh, you know ten man craziness. Pretty much, but I, I like the way they're trying to, to, try to establish this as the wrestlers versus the sports entertainers. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's a lot of fun, though. That is a lot of fun. That is a lot of fun. So that's especially coming from a sports entertainment referee like myself. <laughs> <laughs> what if, <laughs> what if the Jericho Appreciation Society brought you? You're their Nick Patrick. You're their ref, and then oh no, <laughs> the Blackpool well, Combat Club brings get, brings Bryce Remsburg or, or Aubrey. Don't give him any ideas. <laughs> I think that would be great. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, hey, I, I, I broke a picket line once. Why not? That's true. Yeah. I remember your sad story too. You just got married. Yeah, you, you, I remember your sad story. 
Yeah. It's funny how that wasn't originally scheduled until I made a joke about it. But anyways. Oh, you can't. Oh, no, now you have to tell me the backstory. Oh, the backstory. Well, I, like I got, I just gotten married to Audra and we'd gone on our honeymoon and they were, JR was like, how much time do you need for your honeymoon? I said, we'd like to do two weeks. And he said, yeah, man, go just do what you got to do. As long as you're back after two weeks, just let us know when. So we took our two week honeymoon and obviously I can't watch wrestling on my honeymoon. No. So, so I don't know what's going on. So when I come back, they've got this referee strike thing going on after several weeks of being abused. You know, they, they decided that going on strike. So I came back and, you know, and I said, Hey, Jimmy, how's the honeymoon? And I, blah, blah, you know, everybody says, and I run into Hunter. They say, Hey, Hunter. He goes, Hey, Corduroy, what's going on? How's the honeymoon? I said, it was great. He says, how does it feel coming back and being on strike? I said, and as a joke, I just said to him, Hey, Hunter, I can't go on strike. I just got married. I can't afford to go on strike. And he went, ah, that's fine. Hmm. Come with me. So I just followed him and he took me straight to JR. He said, Hey, Jimmy had a great idea. And I'm like, what idea did I have? <laughs> he says, he just got married. He just got back. That's the story. He's, he's, he's the one, you know, regular referee who breaks the, the picket line and referees matches with the scab referees. And then, you know, we could use that somehow at the pay-per-view. And I refereed the six pack challenge at the, at the pay-per-view as the only uh, referee. And I got dragged out by the, the striking referees and beat up. Uh, and couldn't finish the match. And what uh, year was that? Oh my god, ninety nine. I'm about to say you better not, you better not uh, balk yeah. on the year if your wife. No, exactly. Out. Especially if she's she. Uh, yeah, it it was uh, September at the end of September ninety nine. And the the funny thing is, the next night on Raw, they settle it by having all the officials in Vince's office and Vince saying, oh, "Okay, guys, whatever you guys want, we're, we're we're squashing this now. You guys are back to work." Blah blah blah. So as we're getting ready to shoot this thing. And Vince looks over at me and goes, Jimmy doesn't look beat up enough. And we can't, we can't. So what do they do? They put me in a sling <laughs> just, to, just to make it look like I got beat up a little bit anyway. <laughs> yeah. so, and I think that was a bit of a rib. And they said, put it on his right arm because I was right-handed. So then, you know, I had to go out and referee and with a sling and left-handed. And, uh. and see, it's funny. Cause like, that's at a time, like that's at a time, like, and I can remember, you know, I was, you know, I can remember um, whatever grade in school I'm at the time. I could like name every ref at, 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 for a point mm -hmm. there. I could, I could, I could see the headshot of any ref. Mm -hmm. That's Jimmy Corderas. That's Jack Doan. Mm -hmm. That's Earl Hebner. That's Mike Kyoto. That's that's Timmy White. That's t t Teddy Long. Like I, I could, yeah. you could see any of them. And, and now we're at a point where like referee, the referees don't even allowed to have names. You know, like mm -hmm. at least in WWE, we don't say the well, refs' names. Uh, they occasionally do, but occasionally, they, but more yeah, often than not, they don't. No, they don't. And then, uh, I, I'm and like Vince. That, Vince used to when Vince was on commentary, he used to even say the refs' names. Right. Uh, you know, I don't know what yeah. why the new edict is. We can't. Now I get it. We're not the ones drawing money, but at the same time, you know, even the uh, even. Uh, you know the the supporting actors get get named. Yeah. You know. Well, if, if you're seeing the same if you're seeing the same few guys in the ring with your favorite superstars every week, mm -hmm. I mean, you at least have to identify who the hell they are. I would think so. No. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Well, that was fun. Or, and then get your, your face blurred on the video game. So. <laughs> face blurred on the video game. Mm -hmm. All right. Up next, we get the uh, another. We're now on the women's bracket for the uh, Owen Hart and uh, the other Joker. Mm -hmm. That's uh match we gotta have here. We got uh, Dr. Britt Baker going up against Maki Ito. Um mm -hmm. so they show a quick little, you know, 
video showing a, a little flashback of, of the history that she has with Britt of being former partners. Uh, this is not going to last long, though. Uh, this is mm-hmm. going to be the lockjaw submission from Britt. She's going to advance. She advances and go up against Tony Storm. Tony mm-hmm. Storm does come out, look at her at the apron, kind of have a little stare down just mm-hmm. to, to build to that. Uh, I mean, uh, this is what it is. Underwhelming. Yeah, for 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 a surprise for a Joker, I thought, and yeah. also it's it's it just fits that mold that the match bridging the gap between the uh, the the regal segment and the main event, it's kind of like thrown out there, and that's it. Yeah, I, that's I, how it felt to me, anyways. Yeah, I I, don't, I mean again, no, no personal disrespect to Makito, but I just yeah uh, yeah I I know yeah. Uh, uh, who, to some who, people, this to some to some fans that was probably probably delivered on some levels. Even though that that was great, but to, to me, I don't know what I don't know who I was expecting. I don't but, either. But, but it wasn't that. No, exactly. It just felt underwhelming to me, to be bluntly honest. Yeah. Uh, so that's what it was. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get then we get then we get a segment that again, I at this point, I'm, I'm looking again. I'm looking at the clock and I'm watching how this next segment's going, and mm-hmm. I'm like, do we need to be doing this or can we just get the main event five more minutes? Right. But we have Tony Schiavone in the ring. He's kind of like pumping Dumbo nothing. It's like the mm-hmm. reason to get him out there. He gets interrupted by Serena Deeb. Mm-hmm. Serena Deeb is very offended by what Tony said on commentary last week, basically saying she doesn't have a shot to beat Thunder Rosa. Mm-hmm. So she's mad about that. She basically, Tony Schiavone, you don't have no credibility. You suck, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Calls out Dustin Rhodes, who's also been like the mentor now of Thunder Rosa. He comes out. She runs him down. She she then proceeds, again, to talk about you know Jericho and Regal doing this reverting back to talk about careers and what have you in history mm-hmm. serena deep starts to revert back to history saying dustin you know what i went through you know what i had to do to fight and survive and be respected in a time when mm-hmm. women weren't re- women's wrestling wasn't respected you know referencing her time in wb i had to get you know my head shaven mm-hmm. she was straight at society and i had to get breast implants to appease old perverts mm-hmm. um Dustin, you have no balls. And then after all this is going, after a few minutes, Thunder Rosa finally comes out, but then Dustin stops Thunder Rosa from fighting her while right. he's doing that. He gets attacked by Serena Deeb. All this to kind of remind you that we have this issue here with Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb, mm-hmm. which I, I get that intent, but Jimmy, I just felt like this was just going on and on and on. And again, I'm watching the clock like, we still have Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy. I don't yeah. want that match to go four minutes. Yeah, uh, Exactly. It was the same feeling. I kept... Looking at my at the time, and I was going, really? Are they going to go long tonight? You know, and the, it, well, when we get to the main event, we'll talk about it. But they did mention during the main event, you know, uh, this match will end uh, when it ends. Uh, that it's no time constraints or, or something along those lines. They said that uh, you know the ten o'clock hour wouldn't be a factor. Basically, is what they were alluding to. But it was. Yeah. You know, and and I think. Like you said, sometimes you have to cut things when stuff is running long. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, yeah, I'm just watching this and I, I just, that, that, that's all I can think is I'm like, all right, we have this own heart tournament match between Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy, two guys who are legit over like Rover with the audience. Mm-hmm. And to the best of my knowledge, I know Adam Cole has worked with Matt Hardy, obviously, dating back in the Ring of Honor days. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a singles match anywhere of Adam Cole versus Jeff. So I'm like, you have this rare chance of a mm-hmm. first time ever singles match in a tournament that means something. Mm-hmm. Like, again, just, it is, it's just like a main event that actually has like a, a lot of nice pieces. And I'm like, and we're just, we're just, the clock is just ticking down. You no, know? I heard um, you. I hear you. You know, yeah. Right. Go ahead. 
No, so I was just going to say, so let's go to the match here. So yeah. we get that. So Jeff Hardy's out first, and I almost wonder if this was an audible call. Jeff Hardy's out first, and Adam Cole just attacks him before Jeff gets to the ring. And I was like, maybe that was an audible call to give them one more minute rather than having Cole's entrance. You and me are on the same wavelength on that okay. one. I, I, I thought, you know, let's let's get this thing, let's get the party started because we haven't got much time. Right. Um. So so they do that. So they get started uh, hot, and, and this does this match does end up even having a, a commercial in it. They do the picture in picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but fun match to watch these two clash of styles again. To watch two guys at total different points in their career. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, both over. Ultimately, though, Jeff's going to miss the Swanton bomb. That's going to allow him to get in position uh, for Adam Cole to hit the boom uh, with mm-hmm. the knee. One, two, three. Adam Cole wins. So Adam Cole advances after the match. Uh, you know, Matt and Jeff Hart, Matt's kind of helping Jeff. They're kind of staring off at Adam uh, while they're distracted with Adam. Young Bucks come out. Bucks come out, uh, attack the Hardys, hit the BT trigger on Matt. Um, then, then, then all hell starts breaking loose after that. Then we have a fish and O'Reilly out there. Uh, we end up, then here comes Darby and Sting, and it's just, it's just all, all chaos. So they end up getting everything in, uh, by 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, again, continuing the, continuing to water the seeds. Of the Bucks and the Hardys, Cole advances, uh, so everything does get accomplished. But I, I, but again, just as a fan of Cole and Hardy, I would have loved to seen five, six, seven, just a little bit more time where they could have relaxed and, and it didn't have to move so fast. No, I, I absolutely agree, and 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 it could have told. I, I get the story being told that wow, Jeff is still selling stuff from last week's match. Yeah, so you know what I mean, and that 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 is a good story being told and and that could have been told in a in a in a more drawn out process and and made more meaningful uh, and and again it felt at the end afterwards trying to cram too much afterwards yes you're trying to get to the point with the bucks versus the, the hardies yes you're trying to get to certain uh seeds planted for the for the pay-per-view and that sort of thing but it just felt like too much happening afterwards made you forget about the actual match itself yeah uh yeah so again a lot of a lot of a lot of you know moving over, parts <laughs> over, moving parts you know overbooked i i don't know um mm-hmm. next week's dynamite's gonna be very interesting again like i said they're gonna be in yeah. vegas it's it, it is their go home their go home show with only you know it's and you know we're always used to go home in the WWE world especially with the with the, with the raw maybe of okay you're mm-hmm. giving yourself six days it's a wednesday it's only a couple days to, to get people mm-hmm. to convince to to get into double or nothing so we'll be yeah. extremely interested in the decisions they make next week with Absolutely. all these top major stories the timing of it uh, obviously semifinals for the owen hart to, to figure out who was going to be in the finals mm-hmm. uh fun note that i wrote down too with, with jeff hardy having his match uh i can't remember if we brought it up in the week, in weeks prior jeff the only one in any of these tournaments that actually has a single match with owen hart in his career yeah i'm, I'm not sure i get like you said i'm not sure if it was brought up but that that is a classic uh amazing moment there oh uh, no but uh, if you're talking about who could be the guy, I'm, I'm still looking at Adam Cole. If you're asking me who I'm picking for this thing, yeah. Right now, looking at the bracket, that's kind of where I'd have to lead mm-hmm. to as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, quite frankly, again, looking at the bracket, I could see his better half and Britt being the one on the women's side. Yeah, you never know. And and you know, it's going to be interesting. Joe versus Kyle next week, right? Mm-hmm. And can you uh, undisputed elite members? Maybe facing each other in the finals yeah maybe maybe 
So that was your AEW Dynamite um, from Houston. So again, lots mm-hmm. uh, lots to unpack from the show. If you missed it, it's definitely one to go back and check out. There's a lot of right. things to, as, as we just covered, a lot of things to, yeah. to get your eyes on uh, or or your ears on to hear. Uh, I guess as we started with the WWE talk, I guess we're going to end it here with um, yeah. <clears throat> the super chat from Allison, 1999. Wow, Allison, thank you. Um, she says, do you think Naomi's husband is upset with her for walking out with Sasha? But I don't blame the women, but I was them and walk out to Ric Flair. But I don't blame the women, but I was them and walk out to Ric Flair's wants to wrestle. If he does, they should find someone his age to wrestle. Uh, well, to the mm-hmm. Naomi thing, um, I'm not going to speculate on their personal, right? you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think what Naomi does is, is I don't think they're going to, First off, I don't think the Usos are getting punished at all. I mean, the Usos, right. they're right there with Roman. They seem pretty untouchable in mm-hmm. any which way. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Flair thing, as we said, I think they need to find somebody for Flair, obviously, and Sting's the best one I can come up with. So. Yeah. No, that, that, see, I, like I said, I was thinking it, it would wishful thinking, as we mentioned earlier, Brett can't do it, but that was just wishful thinking. But, you know, bringing up Sting, from all angles you're looking at it, uh, from someone he has a history with, from someone that, uh, like you said, FTR needs approval, sign off on, from Tony Khan. So with Sting, that would be awesome. That would be yeah. perfect. Yeah. The, the worry is, like, again, it, all we know is that Flair's, like, you know, we don't know, like, we, as far as we know, we don't know if FTR's been signed off or whatever. Like, right. the worry is going to be is, like, if this thing gets closer and they don't have the match figured out or they don't have an opponent, it's like, well, you've already kind of got everybody now on the mm-hmm. hook that, like, Rick's having a match. So, like, right. <laughs> who are you going to put out there? Honky. Uh, <laughs> when in doubt, when in doubt, go to uh, <laughs> Allison follows up. Says maybe Charlotte can talk some sense to him. Not, yeah. No, it, it, uh, whatever Rick's decided to do, he's decided to do. Yeah, I don't think Charlotte. Uh, I don't think anybody could talk Rick out of anything. Yeah, yeah, M- yeah. especially talk him out of performing. That's just not, exactly. You know, yeah, it's not going to happen. I don't think. <laughs> um. Jimmy, any final words, final thoughts, final plugs? No, I thought I thought tonight's uh, AEW, the tournament matches were all pretty much the right decisions and who went over and stuff like that. And uh, I thought in-ring work was pretty solid for the most part. I mean, obviously, you could nitpick on the little things that we nitpick on, but at the same time, it was an entertaining show. I, 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 I enjoyed it. Yeah, no, same. Like I said, same. There's, all, there's ups and downs to it, but overall, uh, a lot to write home about, a lot to... Mm-hmm. Uh, to talk about as we just did for the last hour and uh, nine minutes so there you go fun stuff again thanks to all of you as always it's a wonderful uh the, the live chat that's always going on uh to those of you that are listening or watching after the fact we appreciate you as well uh do all the, the littlest things you know we have the wonderful sponsor manscape who's with us every single wednesday um for a reason uh the ref and rants of course yes uh you know like the the wonderful sponsorship and everything that we have and, and that stuff goes a long way if you guys can keep doing what you're doing, like, mm-hmm. comment, share, tell a friend. It's working. Everything continues to grow. As always, I love it when you tweet. I love I love waking up on Thursdays, getting tweets of where you're watching the podcast, where you're listening to the podcast. That's always just. Um, we have another super chat there. We do have another super chat. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I always love when that happens. All right, this one's coming for you, Jimmy. Oh, five dollars for Ryan, Jimmy. What was it like, ref? Refing the public enemy versus acolytes. So before Jimmy answers this, if you don't know this, public enemy and acolytes have it's like public enemy's first like night out there in WWE. Uh, they're supposed to do the job to the acolytes. They don't want to do the job, and so Bradshaw and Farouk uh, said, "Okay, well, let's see how you handle this." 
Well, okay. Let me put it to you this way. I was given the finish as as, as normal in the back, and they were going to get put through a table. The public enemy, you know, was acolytes are going to put him through a table for the finish. The referee always heads down to the ring first, so I don't know what <laughs> happened in the back. And apparently, as they hit public enemy's music, who is entering first, they said to the to John, turn around, turn to to Bradshaw, and say, "Oh, by the way, we're not doing the finish," and then walk out for their entrance. And Bradshaw was like, "What?" And then telling, hearing it from Bradshaw afterwards. Ron turns to me and says, what did he say? He said, he said, oh, he said, they said they're not doing the finish. Oh, okay. And then the acolyte music hits and they come down to the ring and it's just on like Donkey Kong. They're just, they're pounding the living, you know, snot out of these guys. And, you know, I'm trying to officiate this match, but at the same time, nobody's listening to anything. They're just beating the living piss out of these guys and blah, blah, blah. They finally go into this, uh, you know, through a table and whatever the deal was and or finish, whatever. Uh, or they didn't even get to the finish. And I hear finally on my earpiece, as you know, referees wear the earpiece, Mr. Briscoe, Gerald Briscoe says to me, hey, Jimmy, you may want to end this match anytime now. <laughs> so I just basically rang the bell to end the match as just throwing it out because nobody was listening to anything. And, and you know, and I'm wondering what the heck's going on. You know what I mean? And, Apparently, they shook their hand, said thank you, and walked away. And that was it in the back afterwards. <laughs> and I get to the back, of course, and and, and, and Briscoe saying, what, what were you doing? I said, they were just fighting. It was a fight. <laughs> uh, what, do you want me to break it up? He said, no, ring the bell. I said, it didn't matter. You were, so, I, you were so called up and entertained. You just sat stand there watching. I am. No, basically, I was sitting there. Ooh, that looks stiff. <laughs> You know, pretty much. Oh, that looked like it connected. Wow, you know. See, I, I was, I was um, you just said it. I, I was trying to remember if you guys were wearing the IFB earpieces at mm -hmm. that point, because yeah. for because there was a period of time before that where you guys didn't have those. No, you so like once you're out, so once you're out there, you're you're out there with the on a on an island of your own. You don't have the back to communicate to. You. No, you have the timekeeper at right. ringside giving hand signals for times, and if it's like you guys got to go home. It was. That's what you saw. You saw the pen or pencil in the mouth. So that so, means go home now. So Mark Mark Eaton had a was putting a lot of pens in his mouth. Yep. Yep. Where is he at these days? Uh he somewhere in PA. Is he? Is <laughs> in Pennsylvania? I, well, he used to be. A, oh man, I know he's got a farm somewhere. He's always one. I mean, he. I mean, when when he. Uh, left the company or however mm -hmm. it happened. He's he's one that's been really quiet. I've always thought like, man, he'd yeah. be a fascinating guy to, to, to talk to. He's oh my all, goodness! If there's anybody who's got stories, Mark's got some stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Sitting there next to Howard Finkel for all those years, and mm -hmm. you know, then Vince and Lawler on the other side over here at the commentary desk, and and he had headphones on, so he was hearing what was coming in from the back. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Good times. Well, Jimmy, that was great. We ended on a, on, a, on a Jimmy story. I like that. Uh, it's all about uh, 1999 tonight. I think the public enemy yeah. acolytes thing was 99. Your 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 honeymoon was 99. The, yeah. the strike was 99. 99 in the in the. In the... So uh, after this is over, we're gonna party like it's 1999. There we are. There Allison we gets the final word. She goes, uh, "Reminds me of the movie rest." I think she meant the movie The Wrestler. Yeah, Ric Flair. I've already seen The Wrestler. I've already seen yeah. Randy the Ram. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Tremendous. That. Thank you, Allison.
All right, like, share, comment, do what you got to do. We appreciate all the love, as always. Uh, Jimmy's Ref and Rants, check him out every single morning all across his social media. It's a great 60 seconds to get you started with your morning coffee. I'm at Justin Labar. I'll talk to you guys next Friday on Busted Open, Friday morning. Saturday, like I said, if you can get to Ross Draver right outside of Pittsburgh, myself, taking Spencer Slade to the ring up against Rhino, plus the Sandman's there, plus a lot of other great action, iwcwrestling.com. If you want to get any last-minute tickets or you can check it out on Fight TV online. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. We'll talk to you next week.